have all the terrorists gone. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, I know you're probably wondering, what do you mean where have all the terrorists gone? <laughs> They're out there, <laughs> right? Well, you would never know it from the coverage um, that we just had of the 16th anniversary of 9-11. The terrorists certainly have not disappeared from the world and they are certainly still plotting to get us, but they disappeared from the media coverage of the 9-11 anniversary. And, um, you know, I don't know that they've disappeared anymore than they have in past anniversaries. I think I've just been more aware of it this year and I wanna bring it to your attention because this is a very dangerous precedent and is very disrespectful of the victims uh, who were impacted by 9-11. And I'll tell you more about that. I know that's a little controversial comment. What? Disrespectful? Well, you'll listen and hear. This 9-11, this week before the 9-11 anniversary, I'll tell you about my experiences, and then you'll see how the glaring absence of uh, the mention of terrorists in relation to 9-11 as the cause of 9-11 uh, is, so, is so overwhelming. I spent the week uh, before then in New York City, where I was born and bred and now I live in California. But um, despite living in California now, when 9-11 happened, it changed my life and um, made me devote my life to helping families keep calm and carry on. And when in, the ter- in the form of books and media interviews and all kinds of things. And of course, uh, most importantly, or most currently, my new book, which is why I came to New York this past week. Um, To begin with, I had the launch of my new book, which is the first book about terrorism for children. And um, I had the launch at the New York City Fire Museum, where there is a memorial for the firefighters who were killed or injured uh, in 9-11. And they um, uh, generously allowed the guests at my book launch to have a uh, private showing of these rooms before the public came in. And um, so that was the that was the main reason for my uh, originally coming to New York, and of course to have it coincide with the. Um, anniversary of 9-11. And so then the next few days, each day I spent at a different 9-11 museum. So the day after my book launch, I went to the 9-11 Tribute Museum, which is a wonderful uh, place and uh, a very personal kind of trip through 9-11. It, not only has all kinds of videos and archives and um, various ways, different um, uh, aspects, angles of the story, different ways to help you to understand what happened and, um, and to 
not primarily to focus on the families who were impacted. By that I mean the families of people who were killed on 9-11, the families of people who were injured, and also um, a group of victims who are really forgotten for the most part compared to, you know, when you hear about the tragedy of 9-11, you hear primarily about the almost 3,000 people who died in the Twin Towers. But since then, there have been um, ongoing deaths and sicknesses, especially cancer, uh, from people who were involved in the recovery efforts. In other words, not just the people who died on that day or were uh, acutely injured on that day and died soon after, but in the months that followed, uh, there were recovery efforts that involved firefighters and police and EMT paramedics and even uh, construction workers. And gradually, more and more people uh, of these people have been dying, getting sick and dying from all the toxins that uh, came down when the Twin Towers came down. So um, this museum, the Tribute, 9-11 Tribute Museum, particularly focuses on these families. And um, they also, uh, as you go through the exhibits, they um, sort of end on a positive note with all the things, all the beautiful things that have been uh, engendered because of 9-11, um, as far as like all the all the good deeds, all the uh, ways that organizations and hospitals and so on are helping these people who are the families and the people who are still alive but who are injured and are, or just the families who aren't, family members who aren't necessarily injured but um, injured physically but injured psychologically, still grieving the loss of their family member. So, and then there are different charities that um, use the day of 9-11 as a way of doing, bringing something positive into the world. Um, you know, making it a day of giving, a day of service, uh, so that we, you know, sort of rekindle that spirit that people had right after 9-11, uh, when New Yorkers all came together, and of course people in Washington in regard to the Pentagon and Pennsylvania and all of that, all of the things that happened immediately after. And um, so, and I went on a tour um, of Ground Zero uh, with um, tour guides at, from this, from the 9-11 Tribute Center. Um, these are people who are in, uh, personally involved with the tragedy. So, for example, on my tour, there was a crane worker who um, worked at Ground Zero to rebuild, to, to help with the, um, with, uh, <laughs> taking away the refuse and building, rebuilding the new buildings that, that are there. And there was also on the tour, um, the person who was co-leading the tour was a woman who lost her husband who was a firefighter in 9-11. So they, not only did they take us around Ground Zero and explain the symbolism of all the different uh, um, aspects to what is now at Ground Zero, but they also shared their personal stories. And 
um, that just made the whole thing so much more real and so much more, um, you know, you could really, the whole, the museum and these, and these, and the tour really allowed you to sort of um, physically feel what 9-11 was like. I mean, you really got steeped in it and, and um, could, and moved in it. I was, I'm sure, I'm sure you can't help but be moved by all of that. And they showed us the, uh, the tree, the survivor tree. There's a wonderful, there's a wonderful tree on the grounds of Ground Zero, which is called the survivor tree. And uh, it represents, it's a tree that was at Ground Zero, was damaged at Ground Zero, but survived. Uh, it had other kinds of, it, before it actually got replanted at Ground Zero, there was a storm and it went through that as well. It, it had a tree that had nine lives. And um, it was a very uplifting uh, symbol uh, there as well. The next day, I went to the 9-11 Memorial Museum, 9-11 Memorial and Museum, and that too, in a slightly different way, was incredibly moving. Uh, it is a very huge museum, and um, it too actually is uh, devoted to honoring the memories of those who were who died in 9/11. And um, and uh, the the sheer it's it's cavernous, and it it just makes you feel and sense. Uh, what things were like on that day. And the part that I liked best about that museum was uh, the room. There's a, a, a relatively intimate room um, where an, on an ongoing basis, there are slides of photographs of each of the people who died in the Twin Towers. And there's a paragraph for each one and there's a, an audio a voice that reads the paragraph. So you, you can sit there for as long as you want and you can hear about all the lives of the people who were killed. And, you know, when you hear, um, oh, personal stories about their lives, you know, just little idiosyncrasies, you know, what musical instrument he liked to play or um, uh, why, what he was, you know, for most of them, they talked about what they were doing there that day, why they were there. Um, where they came from, uh, with what, what family members they left behind, just various um, intriguing facts about each person that got you to really get a sense of them. I mean, not just, not just uh, cold facts, but like really made their personality as well as their photographs stand out so you felt like you knew who this person was. And so that was incredibly moving. And I took a tour related to that museum as well. And the tour took us to different um, places around the museum, like uh, St. Paul's Cathedral, which uh, was, was impacted by 9-11 and, and was the place where a lot of the first responders um, stayed, slept in between working uh, at Ground Zero. And um, it's just a very, a very, um, very important, played a very important role in the rescue operations. 
And just there were other uh, walls and various things around Ground Zero that the tour took us to as well. And, um, and then the, on the third day, uh, I went to a museum that isn't very well known. It's a more, it's a smaller museum uh, and it is called the Ground Zero Workshop. And this is a museum, it's really essentially two rooms <laughs> um, connected to each other that um, was put together by a photographer who was commissioned by the firefighters to take pictures of the recovery efforts. And he uh, has lots of really, you know, the, he took photographs where he could show the emotions of the people on that day, or the days, the days in the uh, after 9-11 itself. And he um, had, it has a running commentary, an audio commentary, where you, um, click on the number of the artifact or photograph that you're watching, and then he tells the story of it. And that was very moving as well. So each of these places were very moving in their own uh, distinguishable way, you know, in a different kind of way. But um, they brought me to tears, and, um, and I would heartily, heartily recommend, I mean, really every... Every class, every school, every family should come to visit these museums sooner rather than later because, and I was really surprised to see that on these two tours, um, they were mostly people from other countries who were on the tours, mostly from Europe. Um, but and then there was a couple of people from states in the United States, but no one from New York. Now, I'd like to believe that that's because uh, the people in New York have already gone to the museums. <laughs> uh, so they, you know, they already took the tour or they already just explored the museums on their own. But I don't know. I think it might be part of the same problem for why the media doesn't talk about terrorists when they talk about 9-11, the anniversaries. And that is denial, that everybody wants to kind of whitewash it, forget about um, who the culprits were, what this was all about, uh, because then that begs the question that there are going to be more terrorist attacks. Are these terrorists still out there and wanting to get us? Yes, of course they are. So... So when 9-11, the anniversary, came, I, uh, and I had been spending hours on the grounds of um, Ground Zero, um, you know, where the, the waterfalls, the water, the, the you know, the um, imprints, in a sense, of the two buildings, of the Twin Towers, um, the symbolism is supposed to be that there's a space in other words, there's just the, the footprint of each of the buildings. And in that footprint, there is a water fountain or water flows. Um, and the idea is that that is supposed to represent the emptiness. You know, in other words, it's not a, it's not a memorial like a statue. It is specifically an emptiness that uh, is supposed to signify the emptiness, the loss of all these lives. 
and the loss of innocence and the loss, you know, all the different losses that occurred on that day. And um, so on the morning of, of the anniversary of 9-11, I started watching the people, um, you know, the reading of the names. And of course, after every um, number of names, the, each of the readers talks about, and my father, or and my brother, and my, you know, whoever it was that they specifically lost, and then they say something personal about that person. And, you know, of course, I was, uh, that always brings me to tears, as it did this year as well. And then um, I started paying attention to other media, you know, to other things besides the reading of the names. <laughs> Quite frankly, there weren't many other things. Um, yes, there was a hurricane going on. Yes, you know, that took a lot of the coverage. But the coverage, to the extent that there was coverage of 9-11, there was neither hide nor hair of terrorists and occasionally an occasional um news report here and there but for the most part it was about the reading of the names and about the victims the people who died now of course i'm not, certainly not saying that we shouldn't have that time i mean it is wonderful and necessary and going to be continuing to be necessary indefinitely into the future that we have museums about the day and about the victims and um and the survivors and the and the first responders the heroic acts all of that um but it is also important in the media as the media covers each anniversary of 9 11 to mention that there were actually terrorists driving these four planes it was not an airplane accident this was part of the terrorist plan that, uh, you know, a longstanding and very complicated, when you really pay attention to how, where all these things, these airplanes and these, you know, how everything happened, it was an incredibly complex uh, scheme to put together. So this didn't happen overnight. And um, the, even though the families of the victims and the survivors and the first responders, all the people involved in 9-11, of course, they're happy to be honored in these, um, in the reading of the names and in the museums and all of that. But they would also be happy to be honored if we learn the lesson of 9-11. In other words, they wouldn't have died in vain if they are teaching us, and if 9-11 teaches us a lesson, the lesson that one uh, terrorism isn't going away, they didn't do one uh, strike, 9-11, and figure, okay, we did it, and that's it. There is still an ongoing, everyday planning and plotting of terrorists to create more terrorist attacks and, and really to live up to the uh, drama of 9-11, if not surpass it. So we need to honor these victims in, a, in other ways, uh, and notably by learning that we need to not only be vigilant and careful and do what we can to stop further attacks, but we also need to build up our resilience, each of us. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book that I did, 
Uh, well, you know, for actually for both of these reasons, one to tell the children historically what happened in words that they can understand and with a gentleness that doesn't make them uh, too frightened, you know, too frightened to really understand what happened and, and to teach them how to build up their resilience so that when the next attack happens, they will be strong enough uh, physically and psychologically to be survivors, just like the survivor tree. Um, so children are confused about what they've heard so far about, about terrorism. And um, we, the, you know, part of what my book does is to, is to dispel this confusion and explain to them what was going on because actually the children today were not around when 9-11 happened. So they are even more susceptible to believe these news accounts that say, that talk about the, uh, the planes that <laughs> went into the World Trade Center as if, again, as if it was just a, a pilot who lost his way, not a terrorist, these two planes went into the building, the building fell down, and people died. I mean, that's essentially what the story has, has come down to in terms of how the media has presented it, rather than looking into um, what, why this happened. And surely there were children asking their parents um, and their teachers, why, why did they, fly? who flew the planes into the building and why did they do that? And that's what my book answers, and that's what parents and teachers have to be telling the kids, not just letting them go on to believe the sanitized version that it was just two wayward lost planes. So, um, let me talk, let me go to the, um, the, question, the, the email um, letter that I got. And again, I want to encourage you to send me um, email, to email me letters uh, through my Facebook page and through my website. The Facebook page, you just put in the terrorist therapist into Facebook and it'll bring you to my Facebook page and you can follow it and like it and so on. And you can write messages to me on it, of course. And then my own website, which is www.terroristtherapist.com, terroristtherapist.com, you can contact me through that as well. So um, now that we've come to the letter portion of the Terrorist Therapist Show, I will read you uh, the letter that I received. So it's from John in Queens, New York. He writes, hey, terrorist therapist, every anniversary of 9-11, I, I find out more of my firefighter buddies have died or their family members have died. I've heard about how the toxins from the World Trade Center have been causing people who spent time working on the recovery efforts at Ground Zero to get sick, especially with cancer. And I've been noticing that a lot of their wives have been getting cancer too. Is there some connection? Even though these wives have not been at ground zero, 
they seem to be getting cancer as well. I'd like to know why. Well, John, um, yes, in fact, there have been, this has just been relatively recently um, being figured out, but um, there are a number of family members of people who worked at Ground Zero in the recovery efforts, such as firefighters and construction workers and police and EMTs and so on. It has been coming to light more and more that some of their family members have been getting cancer too. Now, it's not that there is so far no evidence, <laughs> let me be clear about something, there is so far no evidence that, um, that it is the cancer itself that is being um, conveyed, contaminated, communicated, you know, although all these things, are, there's still medical research going on, I can't say anything is absolute. But what they have found is that what seems to be the likely cause um, of these relatives, close, you know, immediate family members getting sick, is that um, if the ground zero workers haven't been removing their clothes and boots and all the things that they had on when they were at ground zero, and if some of these clothes have been washed in the same washing machine as the uh, clothes of the family members, then um, there has been evidence to show that it is the toxins that get communicated, conveyed from one piece of clothing to the other. So in other words, the, the ground zero workers' clothing the toxins on their clothing, have been getting on the clothing of the other family members and have been making them sick. That is the thinking now, which is why a lot of the workers started um, bringing, I mean, this presumably isn't a super new thing. It was suspected even early on, and some of the ground zero workers would take off their clothes uh, outside the house and not wash them in the same washing machine. They would get a separate washing machine, uh, you know, just for that very reason, to try to prevent contaminating other family members. So, you know, I mean, it's really sad. And what this shows is, is that every day with more people, more of these ground zero workers dying, getting sick, and some dying, um, it just shows us how the, the, uh, the destruction of 9-11 has not ended. It's continuing, and the tragedy is continuing. And that's all the more reason why the media cannot, should not, sanitize their reporting of 9-11 anniversaries. They cannot leave the terrorists out of the cockpits. Well, I want to thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist. Uh, I want to remind you to go to my website, TerroristTherapist.com, and my Facebook page, The Terrorist Therapist. And if you would like to buy a copy of my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, 
how to protect your child in a time of terror so that when your child asks the questions, I mean, 9-11 was, of course, a perfect, perfect opportunity for parents and teachers to talk to children about terrorism. Not that uh, any day isn't a good day for that. Uh, and certainly when there are terror attacks, even in Europe or wherever, uh, those are good opportunities as well. But 9-11 um, is a perfect opportunity, and that's why it's particularly sad when the media whitewashes it and fails to mention that there were terrorists in the airplanes. I'll leave you with uh, a, a word, a quote, that um, one of the tour guides left us with when the tour was over, and that is, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance, and that would honor the memories and um, the memories of the deceased from 9-11 and even the um, honoring the, the families and the others who are still alive but have been impacted by 9-11. The best way to honor them is to keep remembering the threat of terrorism and that the price of liberty is eternal vigilance.